Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Paradigm 132 Podcast, and I am your humble and gracious host, Rashad Horn. Today, I come to you with an article um, from the Associated Press titled, Black Cemeteries are a Reflection of Deep Segregation History. Uh, it was written by Christina Fernando of, obviously, uh, the Associated Press. So when I saw this article in the paper, I immediately went back to a situation that I had. So it was probably a couple of months ago. I went to a um, a graveyard to look at the grave of um, some of my family members that have passed within the last uh, three to four years. And so on my way back down that road, I remember that when I was a lot younger that I went to go see my grandfather's grave. And... I couldn't recognize the road anymore. I said, I believe I remember it's kind of like in this area somewhere. So when I got home, well, not when I got home, when I got back to my parents' house, I was just coming by to visit. I asked my mom, and one of my uncles was there, and I believe my aunt was there as well. No, no, I take that back. They weren't there. So I was just asking my mom. I said, um, where is the road that, you know, my grandfather's buried on, like, Where's that road at? Because now it looks like it's like a barbed wire fence across that particular opening. And so she told me, she said, um, well, you ever shot the the grass and stuff is growing up around that, you know, around that particular area and, and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, you can't get back there. You know, one of the sudden terms that uh, they use is like, you know, it's probably a snake den back there. And so at the moment, you know, because I, I I get I get to a point sometimes I have I have thoughts and I and I'm always asking the question like why 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 you know why this why that but I didn't you know I didn't question it so I listened and I just said okay well you know it is what it is so when I saw this article all those particular thoughts plus more came back and so I said to myself I said okay. My grandmother, she's not buried in the same cemetery. She's buried in a, in a in another cemetery, but the areas in which the cemeteries are, you know, are located, they're adjacent to one another. However, the cemetery that my grandmother is buried in, it is a church cemetery. The church is there. They've, um, re, re, you know, renovated the church, and so obviously that graveyard is, you know, is is kept up. But the same can't be said for, you know, where my grandfather's buried at. And so when I saw this article, I thought to myself, I said, man, uh, my grandmother, which is my mother's mother, I'm speaking of just to give a little clarity to the situation. Um, she had five kids. Um, she told me a long time ago she lost one of the, one of them, um, but she had five living. Now, my oldest uncle, he didn't have uh, children. But however, my my aunt, which is the second oldest, she has a daughter. My uncle, that's under her, he has three kids. Um, my other uncle, he has one child, and then my mother, of course, she just had me. So out of that mix, that's six children, well, six grandchildren, that came from obviously five children that my grandfather and my grandmother had. 
And I said to myself, I said, I wonder, because I, to my knowledge, I'm the only one of the grandchildren that actually went to the grave. And I want to say that when we went to the grave, my grandmother, she actually uh, went to the grave as well. And so I'm be being the youngest again out of five grandchildren. I'm also, um, well, I'm the youngest out of five grandchildren, but all of my other cousins, they have children as well of age children. And I said, just that quick, you know, it's gone. Because obviously, you know, sometimes the subject isn't broached about history and learning about, you know, family, people that preceded you. And I thought to myself, I said, man, maybe I should be the, the vocal person to say, like, look, we need to go out there, you know, and we need to try to clean up around that because had it not been for him and my grandmother, none of us would be here because none of our parents would have been there. And seemingly that means that none of your children, which I'm referring to my first cousin, none of your children would be here either had that, you know, had that been gone, you know, had that not been established. And so I was thinking, I said, you know, these are my second cousin. I said, they probably don't even know anything about um, their great-grandfather, their great-grandfather. I don't know anything about it. I don't know where he's buried. Um, You know, know their grandmother, you know, for lack of, you know, because of, you know, she was still around. Obviously, my grandfather, he passed when my mother was a, a small child, so you know, obviously, I wasn't even thought about it in the picture. But when I saw this article, I just said, "Man, so I'm not the only one that 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 looks at you know that looks like you know looks at look at looks at it like this." And this kind of brings in going back to the article title: "Black Cemeteries Are a Reflection of Deep Segregation History." Obviously, when people are buried during the time period that my grandfather was um, died, uh, it was in the in the 60s. So obviously within this country, especially in the South, you still had a lot of, you know, a lot of segregation, even though you still have segregation to this day, but it's not as highlighted as it was back then because it seemed to be a lot more in your face. Now it's a lot more vague. You know, you really can't put your finger on it. And so as I read this article, it talked about how individuals didn't have the money, you know, to properly bury uh, their family, and when they did bury their family, they didn't have the funds to continue to maintain the area. And one part that it didn't seem to touch on, which is a part that I feel you know is near and dear to me, is the aspect is the as aspect that a generation or two down the line, if that area isn't seemingly thought about, like no one is going there to maintain it, then it's completely forgotten. So I thought to myself, I said, there's multiple people that travel that that same stretch of highway that I was on each and every day, and they don't know that the cemetery's there. And so as I read this article, um, it was, it was, you know, interesting because some of the things that I've heard about in the past, you know, they were present in this article. We've we've probably heard about. Uh, buildings being built over, you know, cemeteries, ancient um, Native American Indian burial grounds and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, depending on how 
dialed in you are to these particular things, it will dictate what how it affects you or it doesn't affect you, right? And so I thought to myself, I said, logging is a is a big business um, in the area that I come from. And so I said, so whoever owns that particular land at that particular point, if they feel like they want to get the logs and stuff like that, then, you know, they may just go ahead and they just cut the logs now because there's no sign notating that, hey, this is a cemetery in this particular area and wood has been cut, you know, seemingly on both sides. Well, on, well, on either side, the other side is where the church is located that I attended when I was younger. And then the other side has been cut down for cows grazing. So it's just really that little area of woods that's there. And like I said, it's a barbed wire fence across the entrance. So you just can't get in there anymore. So I'm just saying that's, that's pretty messed up because individuals can't go back there and see their, you know, their loved one's grave and, and, and things like that because the land is owned by somebody else. And if you were to go back there, that's considered trespassing. So that's kind of messed up to think that I'm trespassing to a graveyard for a person that gave, you know, was responsible for the birth of my mother. But due to laws, that's yours. That's your land. And that's messed up. And you can do with what you can do with your land, whatever you see fit. You know, so. As I, as I go through this um, article, um, one of the people that they, they talk about is a Miss Nadine Orton. And one of the things that she notated uh, in this particular article, uh, it says, Nadine Orton, a genealogist and family historian who has visited hundreds of cemeteries, said it frustrates her that people assume black communities are always to blame when their cemeteries are abandoned or neglected. She said they're trying. She said they just haven't had the help and they don't have the resources. So obviously, one of the things that, you know, you have to think about with a cemetery, and this is just me, you know, just, you know, freestyling it here. Obviously, you have to have, you know, money, you know, for someone to come out there and cut, you know, the grass, keep keep things, you know, nice and nice and tidy. And then depending on where the grave sites are, you may have the issue of graves or the top slab of graves seemingly sinking in. Or you may have the situation, again, when we're talking about resources, people didn't have the the money to have a top slab. So all you have there is dirt and you may have a, a cross notating there or, or something very small. And over a period of time, depending on how neglected the area is, again, notating what she's saying, people are trying. But if you don't have enough people that are trying, eventually the people that are trying, you know, they feel like, well, I've exhausted my resources. If you don't care, I don't care. And then that goes away. So no, so now you have a situation in which there could be a person buried there and no one knows because there's nothing there to signify or identify that a person's body is right here. So obviously this goes back into, um, you know, it talks back, it goes back into time. So this is another um, 
point that the article pointed out. It said many black Americans excluded from white owned cemeteries built their own burial spaces and their descendants are working to preserve the grounds. Racism still haunts these cemeteries, though, and many are at risk of being lost and lack the support other cemeteries have received. Uh, it goes on to say Tony Burris Burroughs. CEO of Chicago Center for Black Genealogy began tracing his family ancestry in 1975, which led him to a cemetery in suburban hillside where he found the remains of his grandparents, great uncles, great aunts, and great great grandparents. I'm just going to continue to read um, what he what he said. He said, "I'm in the process of telling a story because they're no longer here to tell their stories." Burroughs said, "Blacks have had to fight to get equal rights in every facet of life, including death." He added. Uh, to go on, it says, in Chicago, wealthy white residents were laid to rest beside towering monuments and manicured lawns while people of color and low-income residents were buried in powder's fields soaked with quick lime and with, on, with, and with only wooden paddles identifying their locations. I uh, said there are few areas of life that bigotry and discrimination do not touch, said Michael Rose now, associate professor of history at the University of Central Arkansas. He said even cemeteries became battlegrounds for dignities. All right, so I'm just going to continue to read. Uh, black communities responded to being barred from white cemeteries are charged more by drawing on a long history of black self-help and community orga organizing, Rose now said. In Chicago, they protested in the Illinois legislature. The fight continued in the courts when in 1912, John Gaskill sued Forest Home Cemetery for refusing to bury his wife because of her race. So, um, like I said, it, blacks had to, you know, seemingly get buried people in, in areas that seemingly probably weren't where you needed to bury people at. And one of the issues with that seemingly the same issues that we have you know prevalent today because i did a podcast in the past when i was talking about a young lady who moved into an apartment that was close to an industrial area in uh, birmingham alabama and how she talked about she tried to plant something but the soil was so polluted that nothing would grow so we, we we have to think about that and we have to think about how studies are coming forth now stating that individuals in, in, in black communities are affected by uh, these particular industrial locations. And so obviously, you know, they pick out areas where, you know, real estate is extremely cheap and, you know, they devote money and resources to kind of build up the land where the facility is going to be, but they don't, you know, necessarily do much for the community. I've seen situations because recently um, I saw a situation where a grave was seemingly sinking and so I uh, but you know luckily the family had the resources to pay someone to kind of repave the the slab you know to can you know to stop you know from the you know from it dropping you know and and things like that and so I just I just find it you know disheartening that even in death, uh, black residents still uh, face racism. You know, because even in even in some you know situations where people kind of halfway keep places up, you know the 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 burial sites are sometimes in areas where, you know, 
they don't need to be. And then you have certain areas where I believe like in New Orleans, um, due to it being below sea level, you know, there were special arrangements that had to be made for people buried, you know, in those particular areas anyway, you know, due to the flooding. And while where my grandfather's grave is located, it's not, you know, it's not a situation where flooding, you know, takes place. It's not in an area where now, you know, it would probably be, you know, it now, you know, the, the area isn't somewhere where, you know, you probably want to bury somebody. And like I said, there, you know, well, I didn't say, but, you know, there, there were probably multiple other people that were buried there. Um, whether these people were, you know, buried, they had, they lived, a, you know, um, a long and fruitful life or their life was taken, you know, from them by the hands of, you know, violence, you know, due to the color of their particular skin. But who knows? But it's just, again, it's just, it's just disheartening because, like I said, I'm looking at this and I'm only seemingly a generation removed, so to speak, because I'm my mother's child but I'm a generation removed and I can look at and this is no fault to you know anybody else it's just the fact that you know black lives and again I've notated multiple times black lives matter I do not support it I do not care about them but black life even in the afterlife uh, I feel like needs to be you know thought about and cared for um, I seen a funny uh, meme on Facebook where there were some black guys barbecuing, you know, in a graveyard. Now, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, it's it's just funny. But I, I, I take away something very important from that because in order for you to be out there doing that, that means that that particular area is cared about, is kept up to where you can go out there and you can do that. Um, it's on a flat surface. It's not on the side of a hill or it's not somewhere where the grave essentially can sink in and those particular things like that. And so, you know, that's what that is. So getting back to the <laughs> to the article, not to delve too much on my past, uh, just reading another uh, statement from the article. It says, in many cases, the cemeteries left behind are hidden. A Tallahassee, Florida golf course lays atop a burial space for slaves. A black church cemetery has been paved over in Williamsburg, Virginia. The University of Pennsylvania campus sits on top of a 19th century black cemetery. Bone fragments were found at the 126 Metropolitan Transportation Authority bus depot in East Harlem, New York, which was also once a black burial ground. Right. And this is Nadia Orton speaking and said the examples are endless, um, said Orton's great 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 grandfather founded a, com a community near Suffolk, Virginia, the city where Orton lives, a hotel parking lot sits where a cemetery once did um, and she said, am I standing on them right now? Um, asked about, you know, this is what Orton asked about her ancestors as she looked at her feet so that goes back to what I said you know, if we don't necessarily care about black life once it's gone, you know from a grave situation because obviously like I said depending on what the situation is you still are going to be segregated in in, in the burial you're still you're still somewhat segregated 
And like I said, all it takes is for a, one particular generation to seemingly forget about it. And you you have examples like that, you know, where you have <laughs> a university, you know, a parking lot, you know, a mini mall seemingly built over that. Now, you know, you have the people that say, well, you know, they build over that stuff and that stuff may be haunted or, or, or what the situation is. If that's what you, you know, seemingly if that's what you believe in. But data, data and, you know, ledger to an extent doesn't track a lot of this stuff. So a lot of these particular areas obviously are going to be forgotten about. Um, and I'm and I'm sure it, it isn't just for uh, black people, but obviously when we talk about the the obstacles that black Americans have had to have to overcome within this particular country, we just have to stop and we have to think that this you know this is this is a this is a problem because it's seemingly it's not I don't feel like it's a hard fix so to speak to to gather up somewhat of a of a a board of people to manage over historically black grave sites and people donate money, you know, to make sure that the cemetery is upkept. If you see that a headstone is cracked, we have money to replace that particular headstone and things of that particular nature because I feel like in this day and age, with people wanting to um find more about their ancestors and figure, figuring out where they come from, I think it would be devastating if, for an instance, that maybe one of my second cousins, you know, get interested to say, okay, well, I want to know about my, you know, great-great, well, my great-grandfather. And, you know, they trace it back, and they say, okay, well, he's buried there, and they come down there, and they're like, I can't even access this. And then there's a big sign on a tree saying, no trespassing, you know? So, um, I don't know if I feel like, you know, it, it, it seems like it's something that, you know, I want, you know, I want, I want to do, you know, because I know it's there, you know, and I'm just, <laughs> uh, I'm getting a little emotional, you know, not to the point of just like crying, but I'm like kind of emotional because like, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of upset, but I don't know exactly where to point the anger to. Because, like I said, you know, this isn't something that is just, um, isn't new. And I'm not the only person that, you know, sees this as a problem. So just to touch on the article a few more times before I get out of here. I stated that a lot of our history has not been uncovered or told, said founder. Um, And this is, I'm trying to find her name, the person's name. Um, oh, Renee Ingram. Um, so she's the founder of the African American Heritage Preservation Foundation. And so she said, and so this is a way of educating the next generation. She said, but much of the preservation work still begins on the ground. So, um, reading another piece from the article it says, Virginia Representative A. Donald McEachin has been fighting for legislation to better protect black burial spaces after noticing in the 1990s how much money was allocated to preserving Confederate graves. 
McEachin helped introduce the African American Burial Grounds Network Act in 2018. Uh, it says that the bill passes, it will create a national nationwide database of historic black burial grounds, help produce educational materials for the spaces, and make grants available for further research at the sites. So, if you noticed in my one of my previous podcasts, if you go back and listen, I asked the question that the that the Confederates did the South actually lose the Civil War? Uh, because data suggested that more monuments after the so-called loss by the South, more monuments were erected right after the Civil Civil War was over again when the South seemingly lost, even though the policies and the attitude that the South had still were the um, recipe of the day. So the fact that people are talking about taking monuments down and they're still sending money to preserve these grave sites and which like and this is this is my thing about it. Some people may feel differently, um, or whatever the situation is. But I don't like people to, you know, go out and, you know, um deface graves and all that particular stuff like that. I feel like, hey, look, once you're in the ground, that's that. You know, whatever type of life that you lived or whatever like that, that's the end of that. You know, I'm not gonna sit up here and say that uh, funding should immediately stop for Confederate uh, cemeteries or any of that particular stuff like this. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not here to argue that one way or the other. But with that being said, I do feel like that that's an issue. And for in the 1990s, for large sums of money to be allocated towards that and seemingly not enough resources allocated to black burial sites, I feel like that is something that needs to be um, pushed pushed forward, right? So, and so this is, uh, and this is the last piece that I'm going to read. Like I said, this is from the uh, Associated Press, Black Cemetery is a Reflection of Deep Segregation Issue. I'm so, so I'm sure you could probably Google and uh, you could read the article uh, in its entirety, right? So, um, so this is the last part I'm going to read, right? So it says, uh, uh, Linda Davis decided to restore the Athens, Georgia Cemetery. She began the delicate, painstaking work of clearing debris and overgrowth. She kept remnants of vases, plates, and urns in place. Uh, she said, even when it was in its worst despair, you could always find a grave that was being tended to, a couple of fresh flowers, some kind of sign someone was still watching and caring, she said. Um, Davis plans to pay pass, build a fence, and restore broken headstones with support from local fundraisers and donations. She feels she's carrying on the legacy of her ancestors and black community organizers who opposed cemetery segregation and built these these cemeteries. She said, I believe I am walking in the spirit of the people who wanted to build a resting place for their community. And Linda Davis is um, important to this article because that's how the article starts off. Um, and I just read how, how it starts off and then I get, you know, I get out of here. Uh, it says, as a child, Linda Davis and her mother broke clay pots over the grave sites of their ancestors, allowing the flowers in them to take root. Uh, when she returned to to Brooklyn Cemetery in Athens, Georgia, decades later in 2000, her grandparents' temporary grave markers were lost, and shrubs and overgrowth blanketed the site. Blanketed the site, but it still felt like home to Davis, and she knew then it was up to her to restore the cemetery. 
Uh, she says, when I walk through the cemetery, it's like walking down the old streets of my community, she said. Uh, it says, similar black cemeteries are scattered throughout the United States, telling the story of the country's deep past of cemetery segregation. As these burial grounds for the dead mirrored the racial divisions of, of living of the living, black community communities organized to defend the dignity of the deceased and, and oppose racist cemetery policies. So that's that's seemingly how I feel. However, you know she, you know, has the ability to go to that particular graveyard, and it was. It was, you know, reading it, it was bittersweet because when I did, when we did go to uh, my grandfather's gravesite, it was on Father's Day. And my grandmother went out there, they cleaned the grave off, and they, they put a flower there, you know. But, you know, years later, like I said, there's no there's no sign there that, that signifies that that's a grave, yard, cemetery, anymore and so I don't know maybe I need to take some action to 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 do something about that because um, that's important you know that's 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 important because to me man I've seen graves grave cemetery that's something get out of here but I've I've gone to graveyards where I seen like the the headstone says like eighteen something, right? Like eighteen something, and I'm just thinking like, man, eighteen something, you know? It's like think about the 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 things that you had to deal with, you know, being born in eighteen something, you know, and dying in you know the early 1900s, and I just think that's 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 interesting to look at because to me as history you know that's 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 history that's that person's you know that's that person's name that person gave birth to to some people and and stuff like that and you know obviously again like I said you know information on those particular people probably are extremely scarce but it still begs the question to me, you know, how just dope that is, man, you know. And that may not be the correct word to use, but I just think it's really interesting, you know, at the end of the day. But anyway, that's another episode of the Paradigm 132 podcast. Be back to you again next week. Peace.